Welcome, everyone. It is the Fly Guys podcast. Justin Goodart alongside Cameron Klein in the loft in the FGP studios. It's a nice day outside. The sun has been shining. A bit of a breeze, but high 60s is what we reached today. Cameron, we come to you on a February 23rd in the year of our Lord, 2022. And the Philadelphia Flyers, though they have 10 over extra overtimes or shootout losses, let's face the reality, they are 15 and 36. Not last in the league, which is kind of crazy, right? I'm annoyed by that. I want the number one pick. That's got- <laughs> I know it's a lottery. Well, no, you'll, you'll probably get it. Like, when really, like, in the recent memory, when was the last time the worst team got the number one pick? I can only think like the Edmonton Oilers got it a few times when yeah, they were the they worst. Yeah, they were like the worst team for like 10 years in a row. So that's, <laughs> you're well, going to get it eventually. Who you, know was the, I mean? you know who the last team to get the first overall pick was? Or at least the first, the last player the Flyers got is the number one overall pick, right? It's a number one overall pick. Number one overall pick. <sighs> I don't. Off the top of my head. Eric Lindros. He was the last time the Flyers got the number one overall pick. Acquired in a trade. I was going to say, but gonna, yeah, that's, but I, but okay, I, so that's st- a caveat. I'm, I'm still going to count. Well, the Flyers have never really had a number one overall pick. Yeah, not that I know James of. Van Riemsdyk was the second overall pick. Yeah. Do you guys want to know who was taken for him? Mm-hmm. Do you guys want to know? It was the guy that scored the game-winning goal in the 2010 Stanley Cup yeah, Finals. Yeah, yeah. Among other things. The, the, the nightmare of taxi cab drivers in Buffalo, New York, <laughs> right? Patrick Kane. <laughs> Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane. Uh you know, Claude Giroux, hell, oh. he wasn't even like what what pick did he go at? Oh, he was he was later. He um, was later. He was later. He was that's the thing. Like I remember watching a video of him and um based on his it's it was used to be SB Nation. Um now it's called something else. But they do like the beef the beef histories. Really, really cool YouTube um uh deep dives if you, you guys. You're talking want to about the Giroux and Crosby one? Yes, yeah. And they went into like how, you know, Crosby was this, you know, obviously highly toted since he was like twelve years old. And Giroux kind of came from the other, like he just came from a completely different avenue. But he was taken twenty second in that draft. Twenty second, and I'll tell you what, I I think that as time has gone on, those two have kind of you know gotten over each other, you know, a little bit. Like you know, I think he, there's a, um, I think there's a mutual respect between the two. Yeah, he actually went into it on an episode of uh, who Giroux or Crosby? Giroux on Spitting Chicklets. It was a couple years ago, actually. Yeah, uh, Anthony Bruno just sent me a clip of it just a little bit ago. Um. But yeah, because they were they were kind of joking when they did the World Juniors after after the 2012 series, after the 2014 series, and how they had these beefs and stuff yeah. with each other, um, and how I think it was Nathan McKinnon, he said it was, who as a joke was sitting next to Sidney Crosby and was like, "Hey, Claude, do you want my seat?" To like sit next to him, and he said they all kind of laughed, and then from then on, it was just like not a, not an issue for them. You know, the reality is that as players, these players get older and older, and you rarely see it happen in hockey. Maybe you see it in basketball, like Dwight Howard and Shaquille O'Neal. There was like a long time beef there. Or no, but there's still like certain players now. Like I'm sure if you saw Paul Pierce and um, I mean not Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and uh, who was it that snubbed his hand? Was it? Oh, who somebody was it? somebody snubbed him. Oh, I keep seeing the clip of Kevin Garnett. <laughs> Making this face because somebody didn't shake his hand. Yeah. Some beef from 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Scotty Pippen didn't go to the 75 top players or whatever. And rumor is because of Michael Jordan and the little beef there they have with each other. Well, I'll tell you what, it didn't. I think Scotty Pippen was very upset with how. Well, not I think he was very obviously upset with how he was portrayed in the Last Dance. Which, by yeah. the way, I was rewatching that the other day. That's that is great. so good. It's it so is. good. But more to the point, 
Claude Giroux and Sidney Crosby, as they get older and older, obviously there's going to be a mutual respect. And right now the Flyers can certainly do Claude Giroux the respect of showing him some, you know, gratitude of what he's been to the franchise by putting together a better product on the ice, which they have not done this year. Or simply ship him to a contender. Get him a chance to win a Stanley Cup. We don't know if Claude Giroux has played his final days as a Philadelphia Flyer. No, we don't. We We won't know until the trade deadline comes, which is in just a – uh, about a what a week or so and, and uh, over two it's march 18th it's I march think. 18th this year I, yeah it's late that it's is late. a late trade deadline well think about it i believe i believe they moved it back because uh originally march 21st 21st that's that's too late that's in the year nuts. to have it um usually it's like march 4th or something like that. yeah i think i think maybe they had it moved originally because they were they didn't know if they're going to do the olympics until oh yeah like, kind of you know ended the season already um but yeah, so it's it's much later. They're saying he might not be moved till after his thousandth game. I don't know if they're going to do that because they want him to get a thousand games with As the, a the organization, or simply because they're trying to help with the whole cap space in terms of he'll be easier to sell because they ate enough of his cap space and that kind of stuff. And anyway, it's a whole bunch of trade, a whole bunch of salary cap BS that goes along with it. But the point is, March twenty first is the trade deadline. Um, I personally don't expect to see. Claude Giroux in a Flyers uniform after that day. I'm on the opposite side of this, actually. Not I, that I want to. No, I, yeah. I just don't, I don't think they're going to trade him. And why do you think that is? I don't think they're going to get the deal they're looking for. I could see that. Yeah. And I think that teams believe that, well, listen, Giroux's 34. You know, he's only got 43 points or so this season. And, you know, he's kind of – they're going to argue that he's having a bad year. And, and the last two years he has not been very good. And the Flyers are not just going to want to sell this guy for peanuts. No. And honestly, I can understand where they're coming from. We'll ultimately see what Chuck Fletcher, Fletcher decides to do. Uh, and assistant general manager, Danny Briere. Uh, I just uh-huh. kind of uh-huh. like the sound of that. Uh-huh. Remove the assistant part, and I really like the sound of it. But ultimately, Claude Giroux could be in his final days as a flyer. So here's what I'm going to say. Watch the, as hard as they are to watch. You should watch the team play. Because you should go watch Claude Giroux, whether in person or from the safety of your own home, because you are watching greatness. He is yeah. the, without a doubt, he is at least the fifth greatest Philadelphia Flyer of all time. You can make the case for fourth, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, you could definitely make that case. Um, and we've had this discussion before of who like the greatest Flyers are, but I, I don't think, I don't even think it's close. I don't think you can put anyone. You know, in that without within reason, like yeah, you'll have Perrant, you'll have Clark, you'll yeah. have Barber, you'll have those guys. Obviously, top three. Yeah. You some people like to have Lindros in there. Some people like to have Leclerc yeah, in there. Smart people like to have Lindros in there. Yeah, you know. Right, uh, right. You know, <laughs> I mean, delusional <laughs> no, people just, have Lindros in there. I but kid, I kid. What I will say is though, you're not gonna say, oh, Rod Brindamore was a better flyer. Oh my right, gosh, right, like, right. Oh, Mike Richards, he was a better yeah. flyer, and we love those players. But Claude Giroux was something else. And on that note. Let's talk about last night. Yeah, I mean, what do you want to say about it? Well, it was. Just, I mean, if it fits the bill for whatever other game is. Oh, by the way, I just got to mention this. I'm getting a little sick and tired of this. Flyers are like the best team in the world at tying or taking a lead late into a game or midway through the third period, and then within seconds giving the goal right back. And that's exactly what they did last night. It's, they they it, outplayed the Blues. Yeah, it's, did. it's truly – well, I don't know if I would say that. They're, the Blues passing last night was ridiculous. It was. I it thought was, for two periods they had outplayed them. Yeah, you, uh, definitely won, I would say. Um, yeah. But, dude, no, it's, it's, it is it's kind of incredible, isn't it? Like, what's what's insane is that 
in the span of two years, right, since we started doing this podcast. Yeah. Right. We went from any game they're in, if they're down by three goals, they're still in it. Mm-hmm. They're still in it. They can still bust back. We, we remember the game against the Capitals in, well, I think, March two years ago, which was, I don't remember exactly March, what date. March 5th, 2020. There you go. That's a prime example. Um, within those two years, we have simple, easily transitioned into, um, as soon as they score a goal, that's not going to matter. Like, my mindset immediately when they scored that goal last night was like, that doesn't mean they anything. Score, they score the goal. I it, can't wait for them to give that lead up. I mean, I not, can't wait for them to give that tie up. Uh, there's there's no – I have no incentive. I have not I, I've not been giving anything to believe that they're going to hold on to that lead. Or at least the tie. Right, and, right. And, and don't even get me started on the countless overtime losses. You know what's so painful about these overtime losses? They were there with the Penguins. They were there with the Capitals. They were there with the Hurricanes. Those are the three best teams in the Metropolitan. Yeah. Or I'm sorry. The e, it's 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 not the Metropolitan anymore. But is it what's what is it what is it? Oh no, no I'm again? sorry. It's Metropolitan. I was thinking of the Mass Mutual. My bad. I was thinking that it's still yeah. They did they did change it back. So right? it is the it's, it is the Metropolitan. But okay. Okay, okay, okay. the point is that they change it every year. How so is it possible know. that this team has you know 16 wins? Or 15 wins and 36 losses. How are they one of the worst teams in hockey? And yet they're able to contend with these teams right up until like that seven-minute mark of the last period where seemingly all common sense goes out the window. They tie the game against the Blues. And then 42 flipping seconds later, Vladimir Tarasenko is on the ice celebrating because he's got himself a goal. It's it's kind of incredible because like... You know, the the famous quote of uh, true insanity is somebody doing something over and over and over again and expecting a different result. Yeah. Right. I mean, and like every lead they have, they take their foot off the gas. And it's like, it's like you, it's not like you've been winning games, right? No. Like, it's not like they're, they're, okay, prime example, 2017 Eagles, they win the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. There was when they had their whole fallout last year, the year before as well, like a little bit. It's, you can start to see the cracks a little bit. One of the things that that was heard a lot was that a lot of those players had this mentality that they were still the Super Bowl team, mm-hmm. and they're not anymore. So like the guys are showing up late. There's kind of like a uh, 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 an easygoing kind of mentality, like in a that boys' club room. mentality. Yeah. So like you know you're showing up whatever. Like oh we lost the game, but whatever. We're still champions. We're still the underdogs. Blah 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 blah. That bullshit. <laughs> the same kind of thing is happening with the Flyers, except they didn't win anything. They got to the a game seven <laughs> they, in the second round. They won first seed two years ago. How are we still talking about that I know, year? I know, dude. How are we still I talking know. about it? It's going to turn into you know like why? a 2010 Boston Bruin series over and over again. It's a we meme. Keep bringing it up. It's a meme. They yeah. got the number one seed. It's a meme now. Because all we talk about is, hey, we tell you what, that one year, though, with, you know, there was a bubble and the circumstances. <laughs> I don't even believe anymore they would have made it out of the first round if the league year had continued on as normal. I don't know what to believe. All I do uh, know yeah. is that, is it still Elaine Vigneault's fault? I just want to check. Is it still A.V.'s fault? Right. So, get no, out of here. Peter Laviolette's. Or Craig Berube's. Yeah. You're that Berube guy, he sucks over in St. Louis, hey, doesn't you he? Know, but the one thing that we can say for sure is Dave Haxtell was a shit coach. Well, I'll tell you what. That's definitive. Speaking of right? the Seattle Kraken, boy, they could have used that Vladimir Tarasenko, couldn't they have? Yeah. Man, he's uh, he's not that bad. He's a pretty like, good player. As shit of a year the Flyers are having, they still have four more points than the Seattle Kraken. I and you know this is unfortunate too because the Kraken are in a position and they played two less games. <laughs> it's an unfortunate situation for the Kraken, mainly because you need to get your fan base invested from the get go. That's what I thought yeah. Vegas did so well. They did, and now they have such a faithful following. If that team is bad in three years, they'll still have people that go out to that game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Seattle, it's less certain. 
And it's a shame because I think Seattle is such a wonderful hockey city. I think that it can work. I think that I love their colors. I love the look. Yeah, that northwest area, too. It's a great hockey area. It is. You got Vancouver right across the border. Yeah. And you know what? How great of a rivalry would it be if both the Vancouver Canucks and the Seattle Kraken, they get both good at the same time, and then you've got that rivalry right then and there. But the problem is management went cheap. They decided to pick players that would stink a.k.a. Carson Swarniski, instead of taking Jake Voracek, instead of taking James Van Riemsdyk. Why couldn't they? Like, take JVR, man. Help us both uh, out. I we mean, both win. I, I mean, I mean, we were, we it's were a win-win. looking back on it. Christ. I, I am really upset they didn't take JVR. Yeah, but no, again, like it, it was like a, it was a team. There's a lot of memes of it at the time, and, and they, they actually turned out to be true. Like a lot of times you see these memes happen, and then they get turned out to be wrong, and then it's ridiculous. But this one was one that was true where it's like, this is a team built on analytics. Let's see how this goes. Terrible. Didn't work. Because at the end of the day, and though I love analytics... Yeah, they have their place. They have, have their place. place. We've talked about this before. We've talked about this before, yeah, dude. In any sport, you can't subscribe to one mindset. It's not, not going to work. When you're so radically conservative or so radically liberal, do you know what the rest of the in-between thinks of you? You're, you're an moron. idiot. You're, you're an moron. Idiot. You're an yeah. absolute moron. Yeah. When people say, like, oh, you know, I'm not left enough. And it's just like, yeah, you can be. Yeah. <laughs> you can be. Uh, you know what? I'm not. I'm not. Cons- I'm not radical conservative. Really? I just love my country. Yeah. Eh, you supported what happened on January 6th. You, yeah, it might yeah. be a little bit weird. Right. That's like like that. You know, you got it all figured out. 25 years old. You got it all. Everything's figured out. I wish I did. Like you know, you, you've <laughs> lived your entire life in one town. You got it all. all it's all. You know the whole grand conspiracy, though, right? Okay. All right. Moving on. So uh, the reality of this team, though, is that the losing is not going to stop. You already said it before we got on air. This is their third six-game losing streak. Yeah. It could be their third, third seven-game seven. losing streak. Third it eight. could be their third eighth, third yeah. ninth, yeah. and the dreaded 10 number, which we've already seen twice this year, which yeah. feels impossible to say that about a professional National Hockey League team you having think. lost two or having two 10-game losing streaks. Yeah. It's too much horse shit. It's, yeah. It is. Yeah. That was perfectly timed. Yeah, but no problem, dude. The rea- Thank you. I keep saying the reality, the reality, the reality. Do you know why I keep saying that? What's that? Because I'm trying to justify in my head that there, this that this reality is just it, it won't be that way for much longer. I'm trying to justify in my head. How can I tell our audience? How can I tell you? How can I tell you, the viewer, Ugh. that this is going to get better? And the reality is sometimes when you're in this situation – there is no light at the end of the tunnel. That doesn't mean it's not there. That doesn't mean that you you know that it'll never be there. But right now we don't you see can't anything. See it. Yeah. You might as well turn out the lights in this loft because we're yeah. not going to see a singular parsec of light. That's not the right word. I don't want to say parsec. I just really wanted to use that word at some point today. Well, you know, I mean, you know, the Millennium Falcon, you know, beat a, a star destroyer in less than twelve parsecs. I get where you got the reference from. Um, but I might have watched Star Wars the other night yeah, as well. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. That's one of my favorite lines. Um, but <laughs> no, dude, I agree with you. Like, like, okay, like you were saying, we were talking about before with Giroux, right? If he gets traded, is that going to be enough? Like, sure, they're going to get draft picks, but but how how often? Like, how many drafting, draft picks, and what kind of picks will they be? That's what I'm saying. Like, drafting in the NHL is different than drafting in the NFL. It's a crapshoot. Right? Yeah, like the NFL, most likely, if you're drafting in the first round, you're getting drafted in the first round. You're going to be a solid player at at least at least. You have those rare occasions where there have been busts, right? Who could not translate the work ethic and all that kind of stuff to be able to maintain the speed and their consistency within the league. But the NHL is not like that. I mean, you were talking about, we were talking about when Drew was was picked, right? 2006. Let's go through this draft real quick. Mm -hmm. I kept it up for this reason. Number one overall pick, Eric Johnson. 
Not bad. Not a bad pick. But would you say he's worse? He's better than Claude Giroux? No. Right. Jordan Stahl. Good pick. Not better than Giroux. Jonathan Taves. Ooh. Might he might be better than Drew? He, you got the Stanley Cups. I, you got that I, kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's better than Drew. Let's we'll we'll say you know he's Drew caliber. Yes. If he might be over it, he might be, be below it. He's Drew caliber. Nicholas Backstrom. Uh when I put him over Drew, damn, that's close. That's close, but still, all right. Very solid good player. Pick. Solid Very, pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil Kessel, solid pick. Solid right? pick. Yeah. Sixth overall pick. Derek Broussard. Ooh, really? He was a sixth mm-hmm. overall pick. Seventh overall pick. Kyle Ocposo. Kyle Ocposo? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll still keep going. Eight. Peter Mueller. I don't even remember who that is. Right. James Shepard. Nine. James Shepard was a ninth overall pick? Yep. Number 10. Michael Froelich. Remember him? I do remember Froelich. Ten overall pick. Okay. Jonathan Bernier. Eleven. As a goaltender. Didn't really work out too well no. for Toronto. Not a terrible goaltender. Not a starter in most areas. No. Uh, Brian Little. I, I, Brian Little, barely. I barely remember that one. Yuri Tolusti. <laughs> really? Tulusti? 14. Or 13. That's, ama- that's amazing. Michael Grabner. 14. Again, solid player, kind of, but not even even in the ballpark of the Claude one, Giroux. Uh, honestly, Grabner, in terms of what he's done, he's fast. That's about all Grabner yeah. is to me. It's kind of like when they had Grabowski. Remember when uh, that, that team uh, in the upper Toronto had Grabowski? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, he, he was fast, too. He was fast, yeah. Didn't do anything. Um, Rico Hellenius, no idea. Ty Wishart, Trevor Lewis, 18. Chris Stewart. Yeah, that's a bad pick. Who wait, who, who picked him? Uh, Colorado. Man, it's amazing to think how much Colorado's gotten better because there were just years where they just could not get good, and, and, and that For is a, a long big time. Thing. Yeah. Man, Colorado, don't blow this chance. Yeah. Uh, Mark Matera. Never heard of him. David Fisher. David Fisher. Bobby Sanguinetti. <laughs> no, no idea. And then 22, Claude Giroux. Number 23 right after him, Semyon Varlamov. Both those guys were just sitting, waiting. Yeah. And all these people who we, most of us, most of them in the last 10 that I read, we don't even know who they are. So you're, it, That it, is it, what an NHL draft looks like. And that's why you need good scouting. And the Flyers, the scouting has been, well, I'll tell you what. Ron Hexel didn't even listen to his freaking scouts, apparently. Very true. Because we Very could have true. had Kale McCarr on the Flyers instead of Nolan Patrick. Yeah, but the problem goes beyond him. Right? Like of you course, said, of course. You said earlier this year, you James Van Reem's like, oh, who was taking first? Patrick Kane. Patrick now, Kane. granted, obviously he was taking first, but there were other guys in that draft. So here's outstanding. And here, how about this? You know, you look at what a guy can do <sighs> in the juniors, and it does not always translate well to the majors. I'm going to give you the stats for this prospect, and I want you to see if you can guess which Flyers prospect this is, okay? Okay. Okay. Uh, 2017-2018, he had 42 goals, 70 assists, 112 points. And this is what year is it? 20- 2017-2018. 2018-2019, okay. he had 37 goals, 72 assists for 109 points. So in two years, he had 221 total points in juniors. Who Name the prospect. This is for the Flyers. Yes. Go over the stats one more time for me again. I, I, 2017-2018, yeah. he had 42 goals, 70 assists for 112 points. The next year, he had 37. And by the way, that was, the first one, that was in 67 games. He had 112 points. The next year, he had 109 points in 58 games. Oh, fuck. Who is the prospect? Uh, Still with the Flyers organization. Uh, this was 2017-18. He was with he was, the Phantoms. He was not with the Phantoms. He was just he was in the, he was in juniors. Okay, 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 okay. Oh, 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 Morgan Frost. It was Morgan Frost. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. So Morgan Frost. That is a that's a can't miss, Cameron. He was the twenty seventh overall pick. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. got him because of the trade for Braden Shen, who scored last night against the Flyers. But <laughs> here's the thing: at the time, I don't think you would have said 
looking at those numbers, you would not find one Philadelphia fan that would say, well, that's a bad pick right there. But the thing is, when you go from the OHL to the AHL, there's an adjustment period. Yeah. When you go from the AHL to the NHL, it's not just an adjustment period. It is the, the speed of the game goes up by tenfold. Yeah. So some of these guys don't work out. Joel Farabee, he's injured right now, but he's worked out pretty well in the NHL for now. But unfortunately, German Rupsoff, not working out. Who the hell knows if Wyatt Wiley will, if he can stay healthy, ho- hopefully. Isaac Ratcliffe has been playing well recently. We'll but see. And, you know, it took him forever to yeah, get up to that's the what show. I'm saying. Yeah. You know, sometimes guys are just perennial and AHLers. They're never going to see their way up to the big game, and that's fine. You know, they have their spot on the Phantoms. You know, I, I go back to a guy named John Slaney who played defense for the Philadelphia Phantoms for years and years and years. Productive guy. 500-plus points in, in his time as the Phantoms. Guess what he never did? Never cracked that Philadelphia Flyers roster. Outside of, like, when he was, like, a call-up for maybe a healthy scratch when maybe you know, Darian Hatcher couldn't go or something like that. Yeah. But yeah. the reality is – this draft, this drafting, you say just build for the draft, build for the draft, which I don't necessarily disagree with, but it is not easy. There are so many misses. Exactly, exactly. The NHL and the the NHL and the MLB are the two hardest draft picks to get right. Yeah. If there is not a consensus, Alexis Lafreniere, which by the way, that one so far is working out okay for them. Yeah, it might not. It might he, not be great. He's not Sidney. He's clearly not Sidney Crosby. He's clearly not Alex Ovechkin. Because you know how often the Connor McDavid's and the Crosby's come out. Once every 20 years, you yeah. get a guy like that. Yeah. And last I checked, McDavid came out in, oh, shucks, 2015. We're still 15 or 13 years away from another one. Yeah. Based on that timeline. This is a frustrating situation, Cameron. I am hurt. I'm hurt as a Flyers fan. It, it hurts to talk about this team. The Penguins were 30-11-5 when they played us the other night. Yeah. The Penguins are supposed to be on the decline. The Penguins are supposed to be, you know, the, the, the fading dynasty that we saw in Chicago and Los Angeles. Their scouting, their general management, and their ownership, despite bankruptcy, is freaking phenomenal. Yeah. And it outclasses the Flyers, the mighty Philadelphia Flyers, the team of the 70s by a lot. We, I, I hate seeing on Twitter – Everyone say, burn it down, burn it down, burn it down. Oh, this guy had a bad night, therefore he sucks. But yeah, the team as a whole sucks. Yeah. And I don't have any – I have. I just – I don't know when it gets better. Hopefully, after this season ends, <sighs> the road to greatness begins. That's all, that's all you can hope for. Yeah. No, I mean, you pretty much put it best with um, just the fact that like, you know, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Which, again, like you're saying, is we're, we're not going to be stuck here forever. But currently, we don't know. Like, who knows, right? They they could hit on all their draft all their all their draft picks the next two years. And then within three, four year within three years after that, two years after that, they're a perennial cup contender. We you have know, no idea. But let's be honest, how often does that happen? It doesn't happen that often. And you know what? You don't get a St. Louis Blues where, oh, worst team in hockey goes from that to winning the cup in the same year. Yeah, like and by the, the way, and they haven't even been back since. Yeah. Like then they're still a good team right now, right? But yeah. like that story, that story to me is not talking about enough in sports in general. I agree. It's like it's, ta- it's someone mentioned by like hockey fans and shit like that. But like, dude, let, let's wrap our head around. Halfway through the season, the St. Louis Blues were the worst team in the NHL by a lot. They won the Stanley Cup that year. That's incredible. That's amazing. It, that, it, that does not happen. It in doesn't sports. happen. 
That would be like if the Miami Dolphins won it this year. After being one and seven. After being one and seven. Mm-hmm. It does not happen. No. It's insane. And people talk about miracle stories like, oh my God, the story of Nick Foles. And that is a miracle story, and it was a wonderful story. The St. Louis Blues had to climb up from the absolute depths. You know how hard it is to make up lost points throughout a season? It, oh, it yeah. just does not happen that often. It does not happen. And they did it, and then they had to take on the mighty Western Conference of the NHL, which I think we can both agree is probably the better of the two conferences. Depending on the year. Depending on the year. I think that year they were I – I think so too, yeah. Think about the teams that they had to beat. So that was what? That was 2018? 2019? Uh, I believe it was 2019. 2019. Because, yeah, it was 2019. Because when they played, season, they, yeah. they had to beat the Colorado Avalanche. Yep. Not easy. Yeah, but they weren't – aren't they were the Colorado Avalanche yet at that point. Well, no, they were. They were getting to that point. They were getting there. And then – It's, it's Kale Maker? McCarr? Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr less Colorado Avalanche. But the, the series that solidified it for me when I look back on it – Yeah. That San Jose Sharks team was destined to win the Cup that year after what they had done against Vegas. Yeah. And the fact that they got taken down the way that they did against the Blues, the, uh, the, 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 the poverty franchise, the team that can't do anything right. Yeah. Craig Berube, he's not a real head coach. But, you know, who are these yeah. guys? This guy was a bruiser in the NHL. That's all he, he was. was. He was a meathead. And they go and they, win, and they win the Stanley Cup over. Think about who they had to beat as well. They didn't just beat, you know, a Joe Schmo. And from the Eastern Conference. So, what the heck was yeah, that? Yeah, there were driver plates were put on the road across the street. Every oh. car that drives by, the whole fucking house feels it. I can't believe that. Yeah. As I was <laughs> yeah, saying, yeah. they don't just beat a Joe Schmo. No. They beat the Boston Bruins. The big bad Bruins. The big bad boys of the Boston Bruins. Which, like, again, that's another team who we hate, like Pittsburgh. But, but let's be honest. They're constantly there. Constantly. They have a, an extremely well-run front office. They've always been good. For as long as I've been alive, the Boston Bruins have been a good hockey team. Oh, just wait until like, but like once they lose like Bergeron no, 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 and no. Pasternak, and I was no. like, you know what? Guess what? In 2010, they didn't have David yep. Pasternak. Yeah, I remember hearing the same thing about Zdeno Char. I remember hearing the same thing about Joe Thornton. I remember hearing the same thing about Tim Thomas. Much, yeah, Tim Tuka Thomas. Rask. Yeah, but guess They're what? Fine. They're fine. They're yeah. going to be just fine. They develop talent well. Something. Fl- I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't even say the Flyers rush their talent. They don't. It's almost as if they keep their talent too low in the minors for too long. Yeah, like that's the thing too. Like I, I hate, I hate just complaining, right? Without without having some type of like, well, here's a solution or here's a, at least a suggestion for the solution. But I, I, what's, what's I, your I don't suggestion? know. Like, I don't know. Like, what are you gonna say, right? Like we just talked about it. Draft well, okay. Well, that might not work because how do you know what's drafting well until two or three years go by and then you realize your picks all missed or picks all hit. Um, Go spend a billion dollars in free agency. Right. Well, we tried to take some pretty big swings over the yeah. offseason. I was say like, yeah, or or well, let's make some big trades because that's what I kept saying for years, right? I was like, oh, well, we never make a big trade. We never make a big trade. Cam Atkinson, Ristolainen, uh Ryan Ellis, all these great things, and and it's the worst the franchise has ever been, the worst. And so and, and terrible. For, and for people that go, well, you know, what can this team be with a healthy Ryan Ellis? I refuse Better. to believe that this team would be in second place of the Metropolitan by the mere presence of Ryan Ellis. I will say this. like Earlier this season, or at the beginning of the season, we asked about our, our predictions for this team, and I said a second wild card spot. That is with Ryan Ellis. And that's honestly still kind of how I feel with this team. Not with Ryan Ellis, but with all of them. Ryan Ellis, a healthy Kevin Hayes, a healthy... All Sean of them, Couturier. Sean Couturier. 
Yeah, I, th- that's the other thing too. I can't even think of who's injured because everybody's fucking injured. So <laughs> it's just like, it, like yeah, well, the healthy. Um, um, okay, well, which one? Which line? The first line, second line, third line, fourth line? They all have at least one piece missing. Joel Farabee. And by the way, I I, I look. Oh. I don't want to say this. I don't want to say. I don't want to be like one of those guys. But stop talking to me about TK's productivity when he's not getting any points on the freaking scoreboard. I just don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. He's not. He's not producing. So here's the thing with with TK, right? Like. I get the criticism with Travis Gagne. Yeah. I completely get it. Because, you know, when, when, when the Flyers picked him, we thought he was going to be this possible 30-goal scorer, right? Originally. I thought he was going to be a Danny Briere. Yeah. At, at the end of the day, what, I, what annoys me when I go onto Twitter and I see a lot of people complaining about something like this situation is like, you, you have to let go of, and this is hard, but we have to, as a fan base, let go of the expectation we had for a player when we drafted him at this point. We now know what Travis Konechny is. He's a fine player. We wanted him to be more. He's not going to be more. That's fine. You just have to deal with that, and you have to try to build around that now. So are you saying the Sixers should have never traded Ben Simmons? <laughs> no, no, no. That's completely different. That's completely different. I can't fucking wait. Friday. I know. Dude, okay, so. The, the beard. I, yeah, I'm let's gonna, talk. Let's talk about a happy Philadelphia sport for a second. Do you want to switch over? I'm not even going to be able to see. I'm not going to be able to watch the first at least 30 minutes of that game. I'm going to miss really the upset. entire game because I got to do play by play for uh, oh. the basketball tournament. Yeah. I'm going to like have everything yeah. pulled up though. Yeah, see, I'm going to be at a comedy show, and I'm actually going to. It's going to be great. So what? I'll I'm say this. I just want to quickly mention awesome. uh, Philadelphia fans. They're you know they're obviously you know they're they're very happy that the Flyers are going to be like you know pushed to the side once the Sixers come back from the All-Star break but yeah. for the Philadelphia fans that are like pining for the Philadelphia Phillies to show up <laughs> which Phillies team do you think will be taking the baseball are you are, are you expecting the 2009 Philadelphia Phillies to take the field cuz if so yeah I'm excited for that I think dude with baseball this is what I think it is it's a vibe the oh, baseball vibe. That's, it's that's the, what the it weather's is. getting better Exactly like the idea of me and you sitting outside at like an outdoor bar with a nice cold Michelob Ultra, all right, or a Miller Light for or me, or a Miller Light, right? I know beer I snobs. Light, yeah. yeah, go fuck yourself. Yeah, okay? fuck off. I, yeah. I, if it tastes good to me, I'm gonna drink it. Sorry, I don't like drinking hoppy piss water. Okay, because you got your IPA from Bumble shit down the street or whatever. As, this as local brewery. As your face actually recedes into itself because you're trying to convince us it tastes good, but in reality, yeah. IPAs taste like shit. Ain't it good? Ain't it good? <laughs> you tell me. Buddy, no, it's not. Uh, anyway, um, but yeah, no, just sitting back, warm weather, beautiful, watching and just hearing that crack, the crack of the, the bat, crack of a bat, just like, oh, that's nice. But no, I agree with it because it's like, what are you expecting? What are you expecting? You're, so let's be honest, you want to see Bryce Harper play baseball this year. That's yeah. why you want to see Zach yeah. Wheeler pitch. That's what yes. you want to see. You want to see maybe some of the young guns get up. You know, Bryson Stott, Mick Abel, maybe. Hey, maybe Alec Bohm figures it out. He maybe. turns it around this year. Maybe I like Alec Bohm. I believe in that. Uh, me too. He's got gray hair. Maybe Aaron Nola finally figures it out. You know, he gets. I to, doubt that. Oh, not to be the ace, but to at least be a respectable pitcher on that's the cool. rotation. Uh, yeah, that's cool with me. But you know what? You're not going to get. You're not getting a World Series. Not with this roster construction. Probably this not. manager's not winning a World Series. Joe Girardi. He won with Joe Torre's team back in 2009. I forgot that Joe Girardi is still the manager. Yeah. Not that like I expected him to be fired. I just kind of forgot who the manager was. I'm so you. I'm so like I. I did not pay attention to baseball really at all growing up as a kid. So like every time I think of the Phillies, I just think of Charlie Manuel, and it's just like that's Do you remember the only guy that we, I remember at all. We were doing our first uh, uh, show with Frankie. We had him. On yes. Set, and I and I had the Phillies game against mm-hmm. the Nationals, and that was when Brad Miller hit the walk off grand slam. Yeah, I remember. Um, that. That was I a just great started game. celebrating in the middle. I was like, all right, all right, back to the show. 
But um, that was a great game. An, yeah. a, a happy Philly sport, the Philadelphia 76ers. Yes. El, El Beardo makes his makes his presence yes. known on Friday as they will be they will be home against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, Cameron, I don't know. I know that you know you are not the biggest basketball guy, and quite frankly, neither yeah, am I. Yeah, but, but recently, the past couple of years, exactly same for very me. Very like, big got, into basketball. Yeah. I was in with the Sixers. Like I, I, I took a mental break from them in 2015. I could get through 2014. I was able to kind of get through 2013, 2015 when they were one and 30. I said I need a break from this team. I, I cannot continue to watch these losses anymore. Yeah. Um, and for anyone saying, well, they served a purpose, I understand that. Yeah, that doesn't just, make it was. That doesn't mean it was easy on me to yeah, watch my team just get blown out. It's not worth your mental health taking a, a big hit. You yeah. know, it's like if you know they're going to lose, they're going to lose. Okay. So uh, yeah. 2016, the year of Embiid starts, and uh, Simmons was the first overall pick. He, you know, breaks his foot. He misses the entire year. Uh, but the the team was exciting. Embiid, the yeah. there was exciting to watch. They had guys. That's like, around the time I started getting in. Obviously, you know, okay, front runner, front runner. Yeah, I am. Fuck it. Okay. Uh, sorry, I didn't have Comcast growing up when I was a kid. Okay, so all I was reduced to was watching the Miami Dolphins lose every week. Okay, so so it's only off fitting me. that you would find a Philly team that, that loses that all loses the time. all the time. But I remember, I remember being in a diner with friends because I was like just starting to get into basketball, and they were talking about Joel Embiid's debut. He hits the turnaround jumper over Russell Westbrook, and from that moment, I'm like, well, I don't know what this team's going to be going forward, but I know that they have a potential superstar in Joel Embiid, which oh, has since been proven. Yeah, and so yeah. then. You know, they had guys like Robert Covington and Dario Saric. And, you know, they still, honestly, on yeah. that, in that 2016 team, they still had Sergio Rodriguez and Nick Stauskas and yeah. Jaleel Okafor. And, oh, my <laughs> God, what the hell am I talking about? But 2017 comes. And that was the year I was like, they are going to make the playoffs. They'll get bounced in round one, probably. But Was this 2017-2018 yes, that season? Yes, this yeah. is the year that we graduated college. Yes. So It was the year before that I started getting into them because I started doing commentary for basketball. Yeah, I mean, honestly, college basketball kind of helped me regain my love of basketball. Honestly, my love of basketball, once the team traded Allen Iverson, and uh, I still love them all the way through to the end of the 2012 season, Andre Iguodala, they had Elton Brand. But point is, point is, that season, you know, they had a deep bench, Ersan Ilyasova, Marco Bellinelli. It wasn't the best team. But it was a lovable team. It was I, every guy that might on have that been team the most lovable great. team on yeah. in, in like the last few years. What was the starting line? It was it was Ben, Joel, so Ben, Joel, you JJ had Redick. JJ Redick. Um, you I had loved JJ. You had Co- Covington and then yeah, Charge. Bo-Co and Sar- yeah. yeah. Twenty eighteen comes after they lose that series against Boston. Bellinelli and Ilyasova gone. They bring in. They have Rashawn Holmes as a backup to Joel Embiid for a little bit. Yep. And. The beginning of the year, it's like, oh, I just don't know. They're not very good. And then they trade for Jimmy Butler. I'll never forget where I was. I was in a diner in Madison, Wisconsin, sitting across from my brother. And I was like, oh, my God, they just traded for Jimmy Butler. And he said, that's cool. Is that worth it? Do you think that's worth it? And I said, if they can sign him this season, guess what they didn't do? I, I can tell you where I was. <laughs> I was in... What the hell? I was in the Granger press box with the Westwood One crew as we were covering Penn State versus Mm -hmm. Nebraska in 2018. And I had my phone down, and I just kind of look, and I see my phone light up. And and at first, I just thought it was a text message. And I see, breaking news, Jimmy Butler to 76ers. And I run over to to Tom McCarthy, who was doing the call. Oh, wow. And I run over to, um, uh, oh, my gosh, the name's going to kill me right now. Oh my gosh, he does the color commentating for the Eagles preseason games. Uh, we are just we are name dropping on this episode of the Fly Guys podcast. I, yeah, it's it's going to kill me right now. Jason Taylor was probably there too. I'm guessing. 
I don't know if he cares about he, basketball. Oh, uh, he wasn't actually. Actually, he was not there. Ross Tucker. Ross, Ross Tucker, Tucker was there. He was doing yes. color commentary. Jason Taylor only did uh, uh, NFL games when I was there. Mm-hmm. But that makes sense. So royalty. They, we talk about the trade, and we're like, man, if they can, they can fill out the rest of that lineup. Looking pretty good. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. they were a crazy, insane shot away from going to the Eastern Conference Final. 2019, 2020, don't even want to talk about that. Al Horford, less said the better. Yeah, that was a shit year. That was really bad. It, when that when that happened, like I was not big into basketball, like not as big. But but when that happened, when they signed Al Horford, my I remember like my immediate thought was just like that makes zero fucking sense. See, I called it. I remember I was like, why would you pay hundred million dollars for a backup center? He's the backup center. Let's be real. Come I on. I remembered calling that shot. I said, well, you watch. They're going to sign Al Horford over the offseason because he's been the crux of Joel Embiid so far throughout his career, and they figure if we get him, we're going to be an unstoppable force on the inside. Elton Brand was like, give me more big men. He, it, it was incredible. Yeah, it is. We're and trying he, to play like it's you know, we're like the 1995 Houston Rockets instead yeah, of you know, being the, yeah. you know, the 2007 Patriots. The 91 Patriots. Pistons right there. Yeah, right there. Yeah. But no, dude, and what's, you want to talk about like shit siblings when you talk about Patrick Mahomes and, and his douchebag brother his and all that? His sister is awful. Al Horford's sister's got to be up Anna there. Anna Horford, oh. She's Dude. she's awful. I mean, there is somewhere it's it's really incredible because if you if you did I think they did a cat scan of her brain. There is a Philadelphia skyline living rent free <laughs> inside of her goddamn skull. Because she and would just like call out the Sixers randomly on Twitter and be like, "You guys are pieces of shit." She's a lot more creative than that. But like, it's obviously. just like out of nowhere. You know what the worst like, part is? We don't even th- we're not even thinking of you. Al's a good guy. I met he him. He seems like he's it. a good human being. Yeah. I don't hate Al Horford. It just didn't work out. Right. Uh, and then right. last last year's team, they would go forty nine and twenty three. They have Ben Simmons. We all know. We know how it ended. Yeah, we all know that team. That was the team yeah, that was yeah, going to yeah, win the yeah, finals. Yeah. But now this year. They were they honestly I was just kind of half in half out on this team this year. I'm like, you know what? For as long as that guy's on the team, I can't take this team seriously. Is anything more than a meddling second round exit? You were from the very beginning, and I remember saying like, I I wasn't I wasn't expecting anything, but I'm like, hey, at least they're going to be fun. Like I know they're going to be fun, and they're going to be somewhat competitive. They're going to go to the playoffs. I'm not worried about any of that. So that'll be cool. Was not ready for Joel Embiid to put together an even more historic season than last year, which I mean, is incredible. It is incredible because I didn't think he could repeat what he did last year. And right. He's actually Let alone got, he's expand. Better. Right. Expand upon it. Here's the moment I knew I was hitting a fadeaway fucking three that's contested. A step back three. He's already learning the hardened moves. He's been in practice with them for like two days at that point. He's already learning it. It's not. Yeah. But anyway, here's the other on. thing. Yeah. What? Here's the moment I knew I was back in. And okay. It was they were playing the Cleveland Cavaliers the other day. Mm. The traded. Oh, I think I was in before you. Then go on. Well, well, here's how I knew. Like I was already starting to come back in a little bit. You know, I'd watch a few more games. I'm like, okay, you know, we'll see what this team is. You know, I loved watching Embiid. I watched the game solely for Embiid. The the result. Yeah. You know, a heartbreaking loss with the Philadelphia 76ers is nothing new to me. No, but you're seeing one of the most historic seasons from a and big that, man ever. Yeah. Got, and people should be watching him because yeah. no one understands right now how special this guy is. But the point is, they're playing the Cleveland Cavaliers. That, that jump back, step back three for a big man, that's non-contested. That's impressive. For him to do that, the touch oh. that he has. <laughs> but they're playing the Cavaliers. They're playing oh, the Cavaliers. Man. And Joel Embiid's at the foul line. Yeah. And he makes the first, and he misses the, seven, uh, the second, and Yang gets the rebound. Gets it back to Embiid, and I watched Joel Embiid run right to the rim. Jared Allen is right there with his hands raised up to try and block the, the dunk. And Joel Embiid absolutely, positively posturizes Jared Allen 
and I'm in my seat in my office at Penn State Harrisburg with my boss Tom watching, and I start slamming the sides of the chair, <laughs> freaking out. And Tom, he he stands up from his chair, and he's like, "That's in just no way, no way that just happened." And the fans are still standing up. Tom's pointing out the fans are still standing up. I'm like, "I don't care what happens. Stop the stop the stop the play. Stop the play. I need a replay of what just yeah. happened." That was the moment I knew. They're not just – this team isn't just going to be fun in the second half because they've got a harder schedule. They're playing the Bulls, the Heat, the yeah. Cavs, the the, uh, the Nets, the Celtics more. They're going to have to play that team in Golden State. They're going to have to play the Phoenix Suns one more time. That team, though, when they get number one on the court and you see the beard hit that first three, that stadium, which has been waiting for a generational point guard to come play for them since Allen Iverson, is going to lose their freaking mind. Yeah. Now, and – when he comes in, to, in on Friday, I'm not expecting a big game from James Harden, to be honest with you. New team, has not played in a little while. It's going to take a little, little bit of time. He's 30, 34? He's 32. 32. 32 years old. Still a good age. Yeah. But, you know, he's, he's not 23. He's not going to be able to hop right in there and drop 32 points immediately, right? It's going to take a little bit of time. But I am expecting a lot of things to open up for Joel Embiid on Friday. Mm-hmm. And I think over time, over the next week, two weeks, three weeks, you're going to see more and more and more from James Harden. And he keeps talking about how he's gonna, how much he's feeding off of Tyrese Maxey's energy, which I think those two are perfect for each other, right? Maxey oh, and yeah. Harden together are perfect for each other. You've got the old wise dog, right, teaching the young pup how to do shit, and then you got the young pup who's constantly getting the old dog up and moving, getting him going all the time, right? Now, what got me so, what really threw me over the edge for the Sixers this season was January thirty first, Memphis Grizzlies, the Tyrese Maxey game, Joel Embiid not playing. Tyrese, Tyrese Maxey, 31 points. 32 points, actually. When he hit that final layup and just walked into the crowd, as, I'm watch- as I was watching that, I was just like, this is different. That kid is this special. This is different. He, this is unbelievable. He's going to be a – I don't know if he'll be a super, superstar, but he, he's going to be a star. Yeah. Um, I, I love the kid. He's got a great attitude. He smiles a bunch. He's, he's such a great sport about the game. He's so great with the media. He, he is, just loves to play basketball. He is the opposite of Ben Simmons. He's just a kid who loves to play basketball. Not that good at defense. Pretty good at offense. Loves yeah. to talk to the media. And the other thing, too, is like he is not afraid, right? Which was Ben Simmons' biggest thing. Like It, it seems, right? We don't, I don't know. He was, afraid, he was afraid to be great. He was af- he was af- well, he's afraid of embarrassment, yeah. right? Which was, which was not allowing him to be great. Because you have to not be afraid. You have to be able to just, just, just do it. Just, just be willing to fail, or else you're never going to be able to succeed. <laughs> yeah. Tyrese Maxey does not seem to give a shit about failing. He'll take a shot that airballs, for Christ's sake. But he gets the ball back. He's going to take that same shot again because he wants to get that shot in, and eventually he will. And that's what I love about him. But yeah, when he walked into that crowd, I thought to myself, "I'm like, I'm all in. I'm all in. Such this a- is amazing. It was amazing. I can't wait." With that being said, that is going to bring an end to uh, the Fly Guys podcast. Uh, Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Fly Guys Podcast, at GoodHeartJustin, at CameronKlein15. Cameron, Friday is the debut of the beard, and I'll tell you what right now, I am just happy to know that we have a we have a Hall of Fame talent to pair with our potential Hall of Fame talent yeah. in Joel Embiid. Not to mention another Hall of Fame talent potentially – or can't cork bounce anyone. I'm just playing. I'm just kidding around. He's, he's probably who I like least on the team. He's, I can't stand I, that I, guy. I cannot stand the amount of bri- He bricks threes like crazy. Yeah. But it's, it's your one thing. It's your one thing you're supposed How to be good at. How does he make the most contested shots, but he misses the know. most wide open looks? With that being said. He's probably you. a cool guy. But anyway, move on. 
Justin Goddard along for Cameron Klein. Be happy, be healthy, wear your mask, get vaccinated if you can. And as always, let's go Sixers!